So hello and welcome to episode 51 of United United covering match day 37 of the Premier League. I'm here with Jem as usual and we have a special guest uh, with us today, uh, Henry, who is a Chelsea supporter, a Chelsea season ticket holder. Welcome, Henry. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you. Um, Jem, I'm going to start with you. Talk about uh, United, no game this week. And also, I think you wanted to cover a game that we missed last week, the Liverpool-Villa game. Yep. Um, So thanks, Dave. And welcome, Henry. Uh, Yeah, you're right, Dave. I'm going to mention United because that is part of the podcast. But it's a great win for Man United this week because we didn't have a game. So zero points gained, zero points lost. Um... Uh, you know, it couldn't be much better for us. We, you know, we're just a fantastic team, Dave. And like I said a couple of weeks ago, we are looking like prime Barcelona again. We forget the 4-0 loss to Brighton. Um, we'll, we'll just talk about the result this week. And like I said, no game, no points lost. It's a great win for Man United. So really happy with that, I've got to say. Um, but I have been supporting a couple of other teams this week, Dave. And, I think I previewed it in the uh, in the last episode. I was an Aston Villa fan. I was a villain. Yep. Stevie um, G. Stevie G. Slippy G. Um, and, you know, I predicted it, obviously. Gerard was going to roll over for, uh, for Liverpool, Liverpool. Um, they got an early goal and Gerard didn't like it. He said, go and give them a goal back. What, what are you doing, Ollie Watkins? Why are you scoring a goal after I've told you not to score a goal against my beloved Liverpool? So, you know, they go 1-0 up. Two minutes later, Joel Matip, of all people, gets an equaliser. And and then Liverpool go and win the game with Mane in the second half. So, just just pathetic from Gerard, Dave. You know, I thought, he'd, I, I thought he'd got rid of this little love that he's got for Liverpool. But I think even Aston Villa fans accepted it. They're all Liverpool 2.0 fans anyway. So, um, I, I, I'm absolutely fuming with Aston Villa, Dave. But... Henry, I'm going to come to you because there was a bigger team to support this week. And, you know, I was a fellow Chelsea fan with you for this massive game, FA Cup final. Um, I was really looking forward to this, especially after being an Aston Villa fan. I thought (laughs) it's getting better. I'm getting to be a Chelsea fan here. Um, So basically, Henry, what are your thoughts on the FA Cup final? How did it go? Um, It was a a really interesting one. I had the privilege of going to both the FA Cup final and the Carabao Cup final. <laughs> and I think both games were so paralleled in terms of the, the, the way that they ended up working out. Not just nil-nil till the end of extra time, penalties, Chelsea slip up, but just in terms of the, the, the pace of the game, the nature of, 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 of how both teams played, and obviously in the, the, the modern way that the football seems to be going, it just wasn't going to go the way of anyone other than Liverpool in this case. Um, it was a particularly difficult one because, I mean, the Carabao Cup final, I went into it very nervous. First Cup final that I've really had a chance to, to go to and appreciate. Um, and I think there was a lot of expectation that it could have been a very even game as it ended up being. In this case, I went in and I said to Dave before the game, I wasn't incredibly nervous. And that's because I had very low expectations about what Chelsea could, could do and the form that Liverpool were in as well. So outside, of course, of the 3-0 win against Leeds, where they were playing with 10 men for 
70 odd minutes of the game we've been in terrible form um and so i i went in with very limited expectations and i think it was a really cagey game but it just came down to to, it just came down to chelsea not putting the chances away again Mm. um allison is probably the best goalkeeper in the world at the moment i think the way that he it's very rare to see a goalkeeper slot into a system so clearly, but I think all the stats have said that Liverpool concede a huge amount of one-on-ones and more often than not, they end up getting saved. So mm. he seems like the perfect fit for the squad. I think that let us down early on. Pulisic, I think, is a player that I really never have rated and, and that will probably continue to be the case, letting us down with a, a clear chance as well. And then it just came down to penalties where, as, as Mane showed, laughing when he missed his penalty, I don't think they were ever really in doubt, especially when you actually looked at the players that Chelsea had on the pitch at the time as well. Yeah. A um, couple of points there, Henry, that you sort of raise. Um, just on the goalkeeper front, best goalkeeper in the world. Um, what about a goalkeeper that's saved four penalties out of six this season? Um, Fabianski. <laughs> I mean, it's got to be said that there's a lot of points that have been gathered from Fabianski, but I think when you actually look at the scope of, of performance, I think a mistake from Fabianski could could be forgotten by the following week. I think Alisson has got a lot of eyes on him. A lot of people are wanting him to fail, myself included. And I think a lot of that coincides with the fact that he does put in the performances he can even grab a goal if he needs one. Oh, I mean, God, obviously, yeah. we're, we're talking about, you know, the, a, yeah. a one in a million situation, but we've seen him get assists to Salah, just lobbing it over the top. Yeah. We've seen him grab goals or a goal. Um, and it's, it's those sort of moments that are why people look back at Peter Schmeichel and think, wow, best of all time, best goalkeeper the Premier League's ever seen. It doesn't come down to clean sheets, which obviously Petr Cech has. doesn't come down to saves. doesn't come down to individual seasons. It comes down to the fact he's been doing it for a few years and has got the the novelty of being able to grab a goal. Um, or, 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 you know, he's got that in history. It's written in history that he scored that goal and, and that ultimately is one that people will look back in 20 years' time and say that's yeah. probably the reason that they've got where they are. It's very, very fair-minded of you, um, Henry. We're not used to that on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Um, The second point I was going to make, though, was substitutions. I mean, you know, you didn't substitute your goalkeeper. That's one point. And the second point, a more serious point, um, I just thought I didn't didn't understand why uh, Werner Werner didn't get brought on, especially towards the end of the second half or into extra time where it looked like everyone was tiring a bit and he could have got in behind. what, What did you think about the use of substitutions in that in that game? I think at the time especially, I wasn't particularly pleased because I mm. saw Van Dijk go off with an injury and yep. bring on Matip. And at that point, I thought a fresh player who's known for nothing more than his pace um, may just be able to, to offer something. Um, and I've also been quite critical of two quick times where it doesn't feel like he necessarily makes those substitutions that change games. We see managers like Klopp bringing on players that then end up getting a goal and the other getting an assist, and you see the difference that they make. But Tuchel often leaves it to like the 80th minute or so and then makes all three changes at once, at which point there's no time to impact the game. I think I'm maybe a little harsh on him in this situation because from what I can tell, he actually somewhat had his hands tied. Since then, it's come out that Havertz, the reason he wasn't in the squad at all was some sort of illness or injury. Right. 
Um, he said as well that Timo Werner ruled himself out, possibly in the warm-up, um, oh. picking up an injury. Right. Um, as well as that, we've now heard that Christensen, with the expected move to Barcelona, openly asked not to be included in the squad, probably <laughs> because he's not wanting to get injured before his big yeah. And you know his big keepy uppy ceremony in the in the new camp. So I, th- I think whereas Tuchel can be criticised at times for his strategy towards the game when behind, because I think he's fantastic at, uh, at knowing how how to create the chances. I think we have struggled often when going a goal behind, but that's been a part of Chelsea's identity back before Lampard. Uh, we 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 struggle against deep lying teams. But I think in this case, he, it, there weren't so many options, which is why we then found ourselves playing a 5-4 formation for basically the entirety of extra time. So yeah, um, not, not, not pleased, but when you actually look at the logistics of it, we were incredibly limited with, with our options versus a Liverpool team that has got a lot of depth in every position. Hmm. You know, just as you said that about two core substitutions... Uh, you know, making subs in the 80th minute when it's too late. I was getting some very aggressive flashbacks to Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Uh, and I understand the pain. I do understand yeah. the pain of that. Uh, but one thing I do want to speak about is... Uh, I've got two points here. I've got Ruben Loftus-Cheek. He comes on. He runs back to the bench within... Well, by the time I could finish my beer. Recognise that he's playing, yeah. And then number two, a little statistic that we saw on Twitter, Mason Mount. Um, yes, yeah, it's a good one, this one. Six finals at Wembley, six losses. So my question to you, and as a true honest Chelsea fan for this game, <laughs> is Mason Mount underrated or overrated? I think it is a really interesting question. Um, and I think it's it's... it's somewhat valid that it's now being asked in the context of what we've seen after the weekend and to lose finals with I'm assuming it was the playoffs with Derby and then the Euros with England and then two or three with Chelsea they they sort of constitute the six but I would say he is not overrated I I think he has very much He's come from. He's he's done something that not many Chelsea academy players have ever been able to do, and that's break into the Chelsea team. I think John Terry was the last one outside of Mason Mount to, to build up and and then start performing and playing frequently in fixtures. And I think if you actually look at the performances that Mount puts in, I've seen a few people say he only really plays well against Norwich and Watford, <laughs> but he got the goal that we needed for against Real Madrid, and unfortunately that didn't take us through. Of course, he got the assist for Havertz to win us the Champions League. Mm. He's always he got the goal against Real Madrid last season for us to qualify and progress in the Champions League. He's not just a player that plays well against the the, the, the lower tier teams, but he can turn up in in big moments. And I think he's also been one of the few players that you can look at in our front starting sort of um, formation. One of the few attacking players or midfield players that you can really turn around and say he would get in or, or, or challenge for a position in any team in the world. You look at the likes of Pulisic, Ziyech, you look at Havertz, who's been a bit on and off at times. Um, you look at Werner, you look at Hudson-Odoi, 
you look at the strikers and the midfielders that we've had over the years, we can look as far as Shevchenko, we can look at uh, Morata, we can look at, um, I'm just trying to think, Crespo. There's a lot of high-profile players that we've brought in to fulfil a role. And he's one of the few players that we've seen in the last 20 years who's been able to play his way out of the test, which, of course, is our farming ground, really. Um, play his way into the championship, then push a team into in, into the playoff finals, and then also be able to the next season make a dent in the Chelsea team before then becoming arguably the, the the most significant and important player, not just from a stylistic perspective, but from a cultural narrative as well. He is probably the most popular player in the club, and I don't think that's because he he. he I don't think that that glosses over poor performances. I think he's genuinely a very, very good player. Okay, so uh, where are we then? Overrated or underrated? Would you say? Is it? Are you saying he's a slightly underrated, or he's rated at about the le- right level? Would you say? I think now that he's making himself, in making his way into Ballon d'Or shortlists, it's hard to say that a player that is being shortlisted is mm. underrated. Mm. If I had to say over or under probably a little bit of bias as well I would say underrated just mm. because these sort of conversations about whether he is over or underrated they come about from people not really recognizing the impact that he doesn't that he has not just on the game but on the fans and, yeah. and on the club as well so um, underrated to answer yeah. your question and one, um, and one other thing to say just just to fill in a, a little bit of detail there you say you know he's known for sort of scoring against Norwich and Wall and uh, Watford rather but as as we know Norwich and Watford will be leaving us but for um Mason Mount good news for Mason Mount Fulham and Bournemouth are coming up <laughs> yes so, yeah it's sort of yeah, it's just replacing like for like, really, and yeah. and the even better news: Norwich and Watford will be back the following season. So yeah. he only has to wait yeah. another season, and then they'll be back. So that's all good news for Mason Mount. And and, and you know, Henry mentioned um, Chelsea's farming ground. You know, the, the Vitesse Arnhem, Dave, a great Belgian team, not a not a Dutch team, are they, Dave? They're a great <laughs> Belgian team. <laughs> That was, that, that was just an inside joke for the listeners. Well, well, yeah, we got that wrong about twenty episodes, no, thirty episodes ago. <laughs> we got the, uh, yeah, we got the nationality of that team incorrect. But uh, you know, it's all it's all close enough, isn't it, Jem? I mean, you know, North, we, Northern Europe. You know, some facts on this on this podcast are correct. Some are made up by uh, by us. So, oh, you yeah. know, just, just trust what we say. We know what we're, we know what we're talking about. You know. Yeah, yeah. I've got a made up fact coming up later, so that's good. Okay, so that's the cup final. Did did you stick around? Uh, two quick questions, Henry. What were your seats like? Did you have good seats? And did you stick around for the trophy lift, the Jordan Henderson jiggle that he does? So the the, the seats were really quite strong. They were in line with one of the penalty areas, yeah. uh, edging towards halfway, first tier, but high up enough um, that that you weren't you know in struggling to see the other side of the pitch. Nice. Seats were great. Did I stick around? No. Myself and surprisingly a few Liverpool fans decided oh. to get a train uh, slightly earlier than others and, mm. and made our way down down Wembley Way. So Yeah, good good um, for you. Yeah. That's good to hear. Glad you didn't stay and watch that nonsense that they do. No. <laughs> so that was the FA Cup. Um the only thing I can say is um Henry and I did discuss before the game what might happen, and we did talk about it maybe going to penalties again like the Carabao Cup. So I had a bet on that, and uh, 
for one team to win on penalties. And uh, so that was that was that was good. I enjoyed that bit of it. So on to other games. Um, I, I guess we should talk about another big game this weekend, Jem uh, and Henry, the uh, big top of the table clash between West Ham and Manchester City. Uh, big game for West Ham, trying to overhaul uh, Man United for the Europa League place. Uh, and big game for City, needing to win to secure the title, or all but secure the title. Jem, uh, you and I went to this game, and it finished to all. And what we're going to do now is we're going to cut to um, ourselves, <laughs> <laughs> who did a live report after the game. So this is us talking about the game directly after the game. Okay, so we're outside the London Stadium after watching West Ham United host Manchester City in penultimate game of the season. Um, West Ham could have obviously caught up with Man United and obviously Man City going for the for the league title. So I'm here with Dave, and I'm going to come to you, Dave. Dave, tell us about the game, the result. Um, how did you see it from your perspective? Well, obviously, Jem, West Ham are massive. We went into a massive 2-0 lead. Two quality goals from Bowen. How he's not in the England squad, I don't know, Jem. He's got to, he's got to get in there for that performance, especially the, the way he took the first goal, Jem, and the second goal. It was sheer class. 2-0 uh, up, Jem, going into half-time in dreamland. West Ham are massive. And then uh, got pegged back, Jem, by really, I've got to say, we were playing 12 men. The referee, Anthony Taylor, my most frustrating person of the week, Jem. What a shambles. And uh, they pegged us back to 2-1 early in the second half. The thing, one thing you said to me, Jem, at half-time is, don't concede early second half. What did we do? Conceded early. And then uh, they pegged us back to 2 all. Then they got a penalty to win the game. But Super Fabianski, what a save, Jem. Kept it at 2 all. And, Jem, this game, you know, we can talk about the result, 2 all. Uh, pretty meaningless in, the, in terms of the table. I don't think it's actually helped either team. Uh, but, um, but this wasn't about Man City and West Ham. This wasn't about a two-all draw. This wasn't about points on the table. This was Mark Noble. All about the legend that is Mark Noble, Jem. His final game. And I, I'm, I'm just really interested, Jem, to hear your view. We stayed behind, didn't we, to see the celebrations for Mark Noble's career. But dragged on a bit, let's be fair. Took about 45 minutes to get through it all. Um, but, yeah, we milked it and gave him a good old send-off. So, what did you think of it all, Jim? Well, first of all, I just want to say, because we are in London at the minute, we've just seen two Tottenham fans walking towards us and Dave hasn't reacted. So, that was uh, really good from him. Um, <laughs> in the other way. I want to say at half-time when West Ham were 2-0 up, we had a catastrophe, didn't we, Dave? The... Well, the stalls, the shutters came down. We couldn't get our cup of tea, couldn't yeah. get our chocolate bars. It was an absolute shambles. Yeah. We were just about to order, weren't we? And they said, stand back, stand back, and put the shutters down. Yeah. So, obviously, West Ham are trying to be my new. Trying to be the Glazers and shut down all the shops. No treats. You're punished. I, but thought, then... I thought I was at Chelsea for a minute. <laughs> oh, yeah. But then... On the Mark Noble point, Dave. I mean, yeah, I, I like the result. 2-2, two, two, I'll take that. Um, we're, I'm, I'm happy all round, really. But there's a reason I'm dressed in all black today, Dave. 
<laughs> it's because we went to Mark Noble's funeral today. <laughs> the way they sent him off, <laughs> it was like the guy had died. And I'm sorry, but the way he was treated for doing absolutely nothing in his career was embarrassing. And it, it's, I blame him. You know, he calls himself Mr. West Ham. It's, it's a disgrace, that guy. He's conning all them West Ham supporters. He's conned them all. He's in that level with Marlon Harewood and Carlton Cole. And he's now got legendary status. I can't, I can't have it, Dave, and I'm sorry. He, he is he's laughing at everyone now. He's laughing. He's got that big send-off. Calling them all family. 60,000 of you in my family. You know what, Mark? Well done. Well done. Because he is the biggest con man I've ever seen, Dave. I don't know what your thoughts are on that, but... Never played for England. Well, Jim, 18 years as a West Ham player, 18 years in the first team, you just... As you said to me, Jim, the, the City fans at the other end were scratching their heads, going, what, what, what's all this 18 years about? How, how can a, a player stay at one club for 18 years? Totally baffled, weren't they, by it? And don't forget, Jim, he joined this club at the age of 11. He is Mr West Ham, West Ham through and through. He epitomises everything that is good about West Ham, Jem. He is a legend, he's a hero, he's a leader, and he's ours. He's one of us, Jem. Well, one of me. What about you? <laughs> so, you know, I'm not having a bad word said against Mark Noble, Jem. What, what a stellar career. Think about what he's won, Jem. Think about the, the trophies, the tournaments. Um, FA Cup finalist 2006, Jem. Uh, playoff finalist 2005 I think uh, or 2004 uh, playoff winner 2005 and playoff winner 2012 Jim that, that, that's, a, that's a role of honour for you that you can't argue with oh and also chuck in a couple of um, losing uh, League Cup semi-finals and you know you've got you've got the all-round player I mean winner of the Betway Cup says it all really doesn't yeah. it yeah so. I, I didn't mention that but that's, um, that's the big one I mean I'm still flabbergasted I remember going to Paul Scholes' testimonial and he didn't even get a send-off like that. So, um. Well, we look after our players, Jim. So it was, uh, it was an emotional moment, wasn't it? It was very emotional. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'd say emotional. Mark had tears in his eyes. Um, I, I mean, I was watching the big balloons that they brought out for him and <laughs> honestly, the thought's going through my head. Well, I can't say on the podcast, but... Um, I mean, it's just a shambles. It Absolute a, shambles. Uh, a, fitting, a fitting tribute with the balloons and the bubbles. You know, I, I saw Declan Rice, he had his head down, and he was thinking, Jesus, I, I hope, you know, I'm getting out of this club soon. I don't want one of these. It's embarrassing. So, um, well, I mean, well, sorry, go on. Well, Mr. Declan Rice, I've got a message for Declan Rice. Um, you know, I know he loves West Ham, and the West Ham obviously love him. And today's results, today's combination of results, Jim, have secured a minimum of Conference League for us, minimum. And, you know, I've said all season what a great tournament that is. And I think that will be enough for Declan to sign that eight-year contract they've been putting in front of him um, to pledge his future to West Ham, uh, parade his stuff in, the, in Europe again. And I think we could go and win that league next season. Um, the quadruple's back on for next season, Gem. And, uh, yeah, I think that's a great performance. And looking at the table, this point could be vital, of course, because... If we win our next game against Brighton, I say when we win, it's only, it's only Brighton away. I mean, they're not great, are they, Brighton away? Um, and even if United draw their final game against Palace, uh, we'll still be, we'll still go into uh, Europa. Yep. What, do you, what do you say to that? 
I mean, bring us the Eurovision Song Contest League. We want it. So, um, <laughs> you know, that's where we deserve to be. We're a laughing stock. We should be in a laughing stock competition. Uh, so I hope I hope it happens, Dave. But you know, knowing United, we'll probably win four 0 at Palace or something now to ruin my fun. So uh, we'll um, see. You've got the mighty Vieira to contend with. Well, the master tactician, Jim. Yeah, that is true. That is true. He is a fantastic manager. I've always said that, and uh, I'm looking forward to him mastermind a victory against uh, your shambles of a team. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess um, I guess that's that's it from this live reporting from London. Yeah. Um, with myself and Dave with me um, I guess unless you've got anything else to add Dave no back to the studio yep back to the studio Gem and Dave enjoy <laughs> okay so that was the match report Gem I don't know if you've got anything to add to the match report uh, no you know that was heat of the moment heat of the battle um, I think there's not much more to add Um I think, you know, we were talking about overrated players, but, you know, but we're not, I'm not putting Mason Martin in that bracket, but one person that I do want to put in that bracket is, um, is Mikel Antonio. <laughs> overrated. The guy is a disgrace to football. You know, I spoke about him after that Frankfurt game, the way he spoke to a fan and said, yes, but my money is good though. You know, I saw this on the pitch because that guy... He gives it the big and on the pitch, doesn't he? He puts his body around. He thinks he's the strongest man in the world. The diving that went, went on in this game, Dave, was atrocious. Absolutely atrocious. And you know what? I'm going to call them out, Dave. The lads that sit behind you at this, at this stadium, I, 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 won't be able to, uh, I won't be able to have a serious conversation with them about football. Because if they think... Mikel Antonio's Tom Daly-esque diving is a foul every time he falls to the floor, then please, I, I, I can't stand it, Dave. And this is, I'm sorry, Henry, but this, this really winds me up. And um, I, I mean, Dave, I don't know if you've got anything to say on that, but... Oh, well, I've got, a lot to, I've, I've got a lot to say, Jim. First of all, Henry, you remember, I, I, well, for the listener's benefit, I went with Henry to the Chelsea... West Ham game uh, a few weeks ago and we had a couple of people behind us who just spoke the most inane nonsense for the whole game and I think oh, those same two was... people oh, I, oh that, that, that will live with me as, yeah. as, as a sample of, of what's wrong with that well, yeah the, but, what's wrong with football globalisation is yeah. it, was, it was unbelievable but those same two people I think were behind us for the Man City <laughs> game because <laughs> the nonsense they came out with, it just it just went on and on and on, didn't it? I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you the best example, right? <laughs> I think it was Craig Dawson pings a ball down the field. And they go, oh, what a ball. And it goes straight into Edison's hands. Yeah. <laughs> There's no yeah. one running onto the ball, mate. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he then said something like, well, it looked like a good ball when he kicked it, didn't and, he? Yeah, it, yeah, exactly. And just to add as well, you know, these people that are meant to be listening to this podcast that, you know, sit on the same row as Dave, you've got no respect. <laughs> Every five minutes, it's all, oh, I'm going to go to the toilet. Oh, I'm going to go and get a cup of tea. Disrespect. <laughs> you owe me, and especially Dave, an apology. It was a disgrace. Because we, we sit on the end two seats of the row, and we've been talking all season about people coordinating. They're leaving and coming back, so they all come and go together. Um whether they're listening to this podcast or not, they're ignoring us, Jim, because all game, wasn't it? Disruption. So just, It's just, you know what it is. It's West Ham fans for you. 
<laughs> of which you were one. Um, and also, uh, the Antonio thing, I'm just going to say, Jem, on that, I think it was just the sheer lack of protection from Mr. Anthony Taylor, who's or I've already announced my most frustrating person uh, in the live bit earlier on. Uh, you know, Antonio was trying to hold the ball up. He was trying to battle with um, their, their centre-halves. And Taylor was giving him nothing. So it ended up with Antonio just having to throw himself to the ground to make a point, Jim. He should have been getting free kick after free kick and nothing was given. I think Anthony Taylor decided not he was not going to give him a free kick. And I think, you know, um, Antonio is as honest as the day is long, Jim. And uh, I, this whole, whole playboy lifestyle thing, I'm not having it. He's, he's, um, he's, a, he's a good, honest pro, Jim. And, you know, and uh, Pep said he's a very strong player. So, you know, that's endorsement. That's good endorsement. Jim, he, so you he, can't argue with that. He's a bad influence, Dave. He is a diva, just like Mark Noble. He's a diva and a diver. Hey, don't keep take Mark, keep Mark Noble out of this. I mean, if you saw Pep with Mark Noble praising him, Jem, you know, there's there was respect. There was respect. There's someone who understands what Mark Noble has given to to West Ham over the years. So, you know, we can't we've got to leave Mark Noble out of this. You, you know uh, what? He, he must be surprised by the amount of people at City that just play for three or four years. I guess the idea <laughs> of seeing a player that's been there for 15 is something like seeing, being a bit starstruck, I imagine. Yeah, they, it's, the City were completely dumbfounded by the whole thing. It's like, what, what is this thing? Of, Couldn't quite like, work out what loyalty was exactly. until we saw it straight in front of him. Exactly, exactly, you know Henry. You know what? This, this is what it's like. This is like Henry saying Dennis Wise is a Chelsea legend. You know what? No trophies. Or maybe Dennis Wise won more than Mark Noble. No England caps. I, I just don't understand it, Dave. I, Henry, I don't understand it. Can you? Can Can any of you guys shed some light on Mark Noble's, you know, career for me? Because I'm struggling to see why he is a legend. Um, no other club wanted him. That's why he never left West Ham. Uh, I mean, I I can't see it. Help. Look, he played for eight managers, Jim and. Uh, they all picked him, mainly because he was one of the few midfielders we had, but they all picked him. And also, Jem, I think he's won two Betway Cups. Oh. Well, that says it all then, doesn't it? <laughs> so, so, no, look, look, Jem, in all seriousness, he is a legend. He's a legend. He's Mr. West Ham. He's born in Canning Town. He's from the East End, Jem. He's one of us. And it's like a fan playing for your team, Jem. That's what it's like. Carlton Cole, Marlon Howard, now Sir Mark Noble. Yep. The three musketeers. Let's move on. So that's that game. Uh, moving on, we've got to review our second teams from the weekend because we've got no Man United game to review. So our second teams. Uh, now, interestingly, I was obviously I support whoever's playing Spurs. So mm. I was a claret this week. Yeah. I was supporting Burnley. Uh, Henry, by the way, I, I, you're new to this podcast. So we have a second team that is the team who's playing the team we dislike the most. Who, who do you, which, te which team in the Premier League do you dislike the most? Um, I would say that for the last 
five to seven years, Burnley has been by far my least favourite team in the league. And so by default, I found myself supporting Spurs, which I suppose helps with the fact that I would rather see Spurs succeed than Arsenal. So I guess that That allowed me to to really double down to... um, (laughs) Yeah, that, that was the... Only Spurs penalty I think I've ever celebrated. <laughs> so for the listeners, Spurs won one nil. This I haven't actually seen this game, but the penalty was scored in like the eighth minute of injury time of the first it half. Was. Or mm. so yeah. I don't know why that was. What happened there? Um, was it handball? I can't remember now. It was a handball. Yeah, it was oh, um, Ashley Barnes. Ashley Barnes. I did see this on Match of the Day, and it was ridiculous, utterly ridiculous. It flicked up onto his arm and yeah by the letter of the law i suppose it is handball but that that law's got to be looked at that was just utterly ridiculous no advantage oh, i don't know if we want handball rules being looked at again or god knows what they'll start allowing in the next few seasons you know what i go back to my point at the start of the season if his eyes were closed it can't be handball he had no idea he had no idea is that the, that's going to be the new rule, is it? If it's, yeah, VAR is going to have face locking for each of the 22 players on the pitch. <laughs> I like that. And you know what, like actually, that. That, that game was for Reese James, Henry. That was Reese James away at Liverpool. Yes, Liverpool, His eyes were closed. Yeah. There's no way that's handball. It's a disgrace. Change the rules. You're right. Face locking. Get it on. <laughs> you know, that, that, with that example, I'm, I'm fully with you now. I've changed my mind and I couldn't agree more. <laughs> and... I'm just we talked about introducing facts earlier that may or may not be true. So I'm going to introduce this fact that I I've just made up basically. Um there was a point where um the ball was whipped in by a Burnley player to our friend Maxwell Cornet Cornet up front mm. and um and he didn't connect. And so what I'm going to say about that is uh, Cornet missed a whippy chance. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Nicely done, yeah. I'm all for that, yeah. Best I could do. (laughs) I'm all for it. You could say he froze, Dave. (laughs) (laughs) He did. He did. So that was that that very, very disappointing game that put Spurs in, potentially in the driving seat for the Champions League place. And then I'm just going to cover this one. Um, We had... The game last night oh, for Arsenal to get back in the driving seat away to Newcastle, mm. and what a shambles of a performance that was! <laughs> I mean, it was just absolutely. I don't know if you both watched it. It was just I did, yeah. Shambolic from Arsenal. Two nil, they lost that to Newcastle. Okay, Newcastle have been on a bit of a resurgence, but come on. Um, and then Jacko at the end of it calling out his own team. Saying, you know, if you're if you're if you're nervous, don't play. What you're doing here, it's just incredible. The most was... impulsive player yeah. outside of David Louise <laughs> yeah. since Arsene Wenger stepped down as manager has come out and said that the Arsenal youngsters need to to have a different attitude <laughs> towards the game. Have, yeah. Having starred in the majority of the games and and been the only reason that Arteta has found any level of of success. He's yeah, yeah. I, I, I yeah. Unbelievable, the wasn't it? Unique interview, that one. Yeah, absolutely incredible. And it, the whole game just shows up Arteta to be the PE teacher that he is. That we've always said he is. So, yep. Yep. absolute shambles. Um, which has put Spurs, unfortunately, in the driving seat for Champions League place now. But, you know, 
a very Spursy thing could happen, couldn't it? Uh, at the weekend. Yep. Uh, because Spurs are playing Norwich. Norwich. Yeah. And I will be a Canary. Well, Dean Smith, what do you think? <laughs> I, I know you're a big admirer of Dean Smith, Dave. Back that... to Dean Smith. <laughs> it's unbelievable, isn't it? How many times have we had to support Dean Smith or talk about Dean Smith this season? Not as much had... as me and Lester. Lester. Not, not as much as Leicester, but we've had a double dose of him, haven't we? With yeah. the with Villa and then and then Norwich. Yep. Um, I'm sick of supporting Dean Smith, but anyway, I'm going to support him for this one last time. And it could be a very Spursy thing that happens. Spurs could lose to Norwich, and Arsenal could be Everton. And wouldn't that be an interesting end to the season? Uh, I think. So. I think you know. I think Henry will be extra pleased with the result last night because that confirmed Chelsea get Champions League, right? Is that is that? It yeah. does. Yeah. I. I... I think there was a patch where it started to be a little touch and go. I, I think it, we were always in control and it was always going to be us letting ourselves down if we were going to fall out of Champions League spots. Yeah. Um, I'm just also very pleased to see that if we win against Leicester on Thursday, then we can go into the last game of the season knowing that we've got third, which again, the idea of coming below either Arsenal or Spurs <laughs> or United just into the equation in terms of high-profile flops of the season. All three of them have had pretty spectacular downfalls. And so to, to be a team that was seen as so credible winning the Champions League and then somehow end up below them, <laughs> uh, it would have been... I, I think it would have been talked about a lot more than I would have been able to bear, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. well, we'd have definitely been talking about it, that's for sure. Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm happy for Chelsea. It's just a shame they won't be able to sell tickets to their fans for the Champions League next season. So, uh, no. sorry, I, you know, I, that, that was that, I was I wasn't meant to. Yeah. Or any games at the at the moment, we're still waiting to get the news that we can renew our season tickets. So. Oh really? Wow. Yeah, yeah. Still not allowed to yet. Yeah. I, I read that the 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 American buyer that might that might all fall through. Yeah. Well, I, th- I think it's it's one of those which is it's, it's news for the sake of news. What right. they've basically come out and said is there's a chance the deal could fall through if they don't complete the stages by the deadline, oh, okay. which is the most standard reporting. Is you know, it's it's like saying Arsenal aren't going to draw level if they don't score two goals and by the 90th minute against Newcastle. You know, it's like the most news reporting for the sake of reporting. But at yeah. the same time, you would hope with a deal of this scope, that they may be a little more ahead of the grain uh, to the point that these sort of discussions wouldn't need to take place. But yeah. we'll just have to see. We'll watch that space, yeah. Watch I, that space, I, I yeah. want to ask a question, uh, if that's all right, Dave, mm. to Henry. Mm. So my brother is a Chelsea fan. Uh, we, we have banter. We're, we're on a, you know... A, a unique household, that one. <laughs> yes. Well, we've actually come to an agreement that we're both banter clubs. Um, right. Yeah. But not just banter clubs. We call ourselves charity clubs. And Dave will understand what I mean when I say charity clubs. I totally you do. understand what you mean. Chelsea <laughs> are a charity club. If you need to get back on the goal scoring, you start against Chelsea. If you exactly. used to play for Chelsea and haven't made much of your career, you start against Chelsea. If you've gone on a three-game loss streak, you play against Chelsea. And if you haven't scored in 10 games, you play against Chelsea. We are a charity club. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm all for you with that one, unfortunately. I mean, I mean yeah, I'm, I, you know what? I have to agree. You know, when we played Brighton the other day, they did not won at home in 2022. They scored four. Cucurella's never scored a Premier League goal. We'll give him a goal. Why not? It'll be funny. We'll give him a goal. 
Uh, my favourite example for Chelsea is when David McGoldrick had not scored a Premier League goal and decided to score a brace against Chelsea. That was probably one of my favourite uh, examples. But so, I'm glad am I right in thinking was that was that Sheffield last season? <laughs> it was, Sheff- yeah, it was. Uh, on top of that, there was that. Um... Is it Robson or Robinson, the Irish striker <laughs> yes. for West Brom, whose oh, yes. first three or four Premier League goals were all scored against Chelsea oh, in yes. three separate games? Another perfect example. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> but I'm, I'm glad we are on the same agreement that, you know, we are both charity clubs. Um, and it feels good to be a charity club. We don't need funding. We don't need owners. You know, we're up there with UNICEF, Manchester United and Chelsea. Yeah. We're up there with the best charities in the world. And, you know... We'll keep on providing, no matter who the owners are, no matter who the managers are. We will provide for you. Maybe it's some way of adjusting long-term plan of adjusting our tax allocation to make sure we don't need to pay as much. <laughs> there might be something in that. Oh, that's so good. Right. Okay. Now I think we need to move on to. We've got a couple of other features to do. We've got to look at uh, the match day thirty-eight games. So this is the final games of the season. I think we talked talked about one or two already, uh, and we've got to do our most frustrating people. Or, or I've already done mine, Anthony Taylor. So which should we do first, Jim? What do you, where do you want to go next? Uh, let's preview the next games. Okay, let's preview the next games. Okay, so Jim, your first team, Man United. I presume it's still your first team. Uh, just about. Who have you got? Uh well, you know, to be honest, I expect the fans, the club, the manager, the the team to turn up drunk for this game because <laughs> what is there to do? Honestly, <laughs> we're playing Palace away, um, so it's a guaranteed win for Palace. First of all, uh, you know, there's been all this news surrounding Man United recently that we've been having scraps in the training ground. Players are leaking stuff to the media. We don't care anymore. I, I, we're a laughing stock. We should be on Comedy Central, um, which we will be on Thursday nights next season. Uh, and, and and to be honest, if we lose this game and West Ham get a result at Brighton, we will be in the what was it Comedy Central plus one because we'll be in the Eurovision Song Contest League, and that is actually you know the Conference League, Henry. Just just for your information. Yes, now I, I I gathered I'm following. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but you know I hope we end up in there because we we deserve it. We deserve the. Conference League, the you just want a trophy. We, we, we <laughs> that's, well, why, that's why you're that's why you're campaigning. <laughs> you know, next season's going to be different, and this game at the end of the season, it doesn't matter to me. Uh, I hope we lose. Uh, our good friend Ian, who is a big Palace fan, they deserve this. You know, the Chelsea. You know, I'm sure Henry's excited by um, future Chelsea player Conor Gallagher, great player. Yeah. Um, I, I expect him to run our midfield ragged. Uh, I expect Vieira masterclass like all season, Dave. I'm, 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 I don't know how you feel about Vieira, Dave, but um, you know, I'm, recently I feel like you've been on his side. I'm glad you mentioned him because yeah, I think Vieira, as I've said all season, Jim, he's he's such a fantastic manager, isn't he? And he's going to mastermind this victory that West Ham need for uh, <laughs> for Crystal Palace against Man U, and um, he's got all the credentials to do it, Jim. Fantastic Premier League manager. I've been saying it all season. Uh, you know, Ian knows that. Uh, the Palace fan who who listens to this podcast, he knows I, I'm right behind Vieira, uh, and uh, you know manager of the season potentially, Jim. Manager of the season. Uh, well, uh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's a better option than Klopp, as long as Klopp doesn't <laughs> win it. 
But I'm going to predict it right now. Go on. It's going to be a three-nil win to Palace. Oh, that would be lovely. I, I, I'm not even. I'm not joking. There's no emotion. I might sound emotional, but um, I've, I'm just done. I don't care anymore. It's the end. The end of my my season ended at Christmas. Henry, I think you were telling us you've got a name for the uh, Manchester United manager. What, what's what's your version of of uh, Man United? Yeah, manager? yeah. So Ralph Ragnickelodeon has been the, the name given, and it's gone down very well amongst my friends. And I yeah. think it very much sums up his childish approach to management, as well <laughs> as his comedic one as well. Um, we've seen multiple different formations, none of which have worked, and yeah, I think we've never seen a manager mismanage a dressing room worse than 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 Mr. Nickelodeon. So. Perfect, it's perfect, isn't it, German? It's it's uh, it's the kids' channel next next season for you. I, I can't wait. I can't wait. Honestly, we're a Looney Tunes club. Not only a charity club, Looney Tunes, Nickelodeon, Comedy Central, whatever you want. We're a laughing stock. You've got nearly a full Sky package at this point. <laughs> That's perfect. So that's that's that game. Uh, actually, Henry, we'll come to you because you've got a couple of games to preview. Yeah, you? you've got. So yeah, we've got. Week. Yeah, Leicester at home on Thursday. Oh, and we and thought we'd never mention got... Leicester again. <laughs> <laughs> we've been talking about Leicester all season. Oh dear. <laughs> yep. Carry on. And and then Watford at home to, to close off the season on Sunday. Yeah. Predictions for those two. Um. I think it, it very much depends on what the squad's looking like after after last weekend. Yeah, I'm going to say our home form has been abhorrent, and we can I can talk about that for a few minutes in a, in a second if you wanted to. But I reckon it wouldn't surprise me if it was a one-all draw. But I'm going to be optimistic, and I'm going to say a two-nil win to Chelsea on Thursday. Wow. That is good because I think you were telling me at the West Ham game that Chelsea like hadn't won or had only won one home game before the West Ham game since October or something crazy. Yeah, so the stat is that we at that point had won three home games since October, right. uh, and of course this game was a few weeks ago. Mm. And ironically enough, two of those wins were against Leeds, which was a 90th minute penalty, mm. and Newcastle, which was Havertz's quite well taken uh, touch oh, yeah. and volley. 90th minute. Funnily enough, I don't know, Dave, you can remember when Pulisic <laughs> scored against West Ham, but mm. that taking it to four home wins in, what would that be, five months? Yeah. Um, and three of them with a 90th minute winner. So wow. it's safe to say there's there's no reason to be confident. And then, of course, Wolves equalising against us two almost recently. <laughs> oh, yes. Um, I was at that one. So, so that was, we, we do love a late winner or, or a late decider. Uh, yeah, Stamford yeah. season. So that's why I love Chelsea. Brilliant charity, and absolutely. Yeah, you know, well, Cody, funny. I, I don't know if you noticed. I nearly, I very nearly fell into the trap earlier on of saying that Tuchel is quite good at holding out results. But then I really <laughs> thought about it, looking at the state of of our home record, and yeah, and, um, um, I had to bite my tongue a little bit there. Back, back off. But but Watford, come on, Watford. 
Roy Hodgson, his last game in charge, surely. Well, it, it might not be because uh, I found it very interesting this week to say he came out and said, I wouldn't be upset if Watford asked me to just step down because, of course, they're the sign their new manager, the, yeah. I forget his name, but from uh, Forest Green, and that, and that yeah. was signed in, in quite questionable circumstances. But I think he's, he's hoping to get the weekend off by the sounds of things. But uh, It should be an easy win. I, hopefully, at that point, we will have secured third, uh, assuming that we do manage to get a, a win on Thursday, at which point there's there's very little pressure. Maybe we can look to maybe try and play some of the, the slightly younger players that, for whatever reason, haven't really been given the, the game time that they should be in the cup, cup competitions that we've you know sustained quite well throughout the season. I loved um, Roy Hodgson's comment when asked about whether he would be talking to the new manager and he just said, I wouldn't recognise him. Yeah, don't know who he is. Yeah. Him. Same is interview. It... He was asking for the weekend off as well. <laughs> Very funny. <laughs> Amazing. So that's. Uh, I think. I think against Leicester. Uh, I think we we call them the biggest bottle jobs in the Premier League. Uh, Ooh, that's, a, that's a that's a big title considering <laughs> the, the the company that they've got in <laughs> in Spurs and Arsenal. Well, true, but uh, they've let us down too many times. I'm so. Sure, yeah. So we've had to support them too many times this season. So, yeah, good luck with that. Uh, as for West Ham, we are away to Brighton and Hove Albion. Um, Graham Potter weaving his magic yet again. So, but what can I say? Look, we need the three points. We need the three points to overhaul Man U, assuming they're going to lose to Palace. Um, Brighton, they've only scored 16 goals at home all season. Four of them, uh, so a quarter of them against Man United. Uh, yep. So, a low-scoring home team against a free-scoring West Ham. This can only mean one thing, 2-0 to Brighton, I'm afraid. So, that's going to blow our chances. Brighton 2, West Ham 0. Write that down for our next podcast. Come back to that prediction. Um, I always predict West Ham to lose, Henry, just for the uh, just to let you know, because I am the pessimistic West Ham fan. So that's my prediction, and we're going to end up. We are going to end up in the fantastic Eurovision Song Contest League, and I think Sam Ryder showed us the way, Gem. He was second <laughs> in that this this weekend, and mm. I think uh, we can see more of that from from West Ham next season. I mean, I, I wouldn't put money on it, Dave. I would not put any money on it. <laughs> we shall see. So that's our, that's our teams. Um, we should probably go to our second teams. Uh, who, who are we supporting uh, in match day 38? Jem, who've, who've you got? You've, had, well, you've, got, you've got two, haven't you, again? I have. Um, I, I, well, <laughs> OK, I'm going to admit it. We are actually in one of the games right now. We are. Um, so Southampton are going to be the team I support. The Saints go marching on. <laughs> Ralph, not Ralph, rang Nickelodeon. It's uh, Ralph Hasenhutl, who is the Austrian Klopp. But we love the Austrian Klopp. Um, the German Klopp, we don't like the German Klopp. We love the Austrian Klopp. And he is a manager that I've, you know, I've praised a lot in the past. And I've even linked him to Man United. Um, however, it seems he hasn't got the ambition to do that. He sounds like he wants to retire quite early because football management puts a lot of stress on him. But in Ralph, we trust. Uh, I'm going to say, you know, if they get, if they can get an early goal, like they have, <laughs> 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 uh, 
then I think they'll they'll put Liverpool on the ropes. And you know, yeah. if Liverpool can equalise, which they also have, um, then I think I don't think Ralph's boys will bottle it. And I, that's where we are so far. We're at half time, aren't we? We're at one one. I, I think if the, if they can get if Southampton can get to sixty three minutes at one one, Jim, then we'll have to see what happens from there. So yeah. uh, I mean, I can give you any live updates, you know, if, if anything. You know, in these last few minutes of the podcast, if anything comes up, but I'm going to go for a one-one uh, <laughs> till about the 63rd minute, and then we'll see from there. So, okay. and then you know what? I actually can't remember who the second team is. Uh, can if anyone could jump in on there and help me? The second um, team you're supporting, I think, is I think you're a wolf. Oh, I might be wrong, but I think you're a wolf. We'll just double check. Liverpool that. do have wolves this weekend, can yeah. yeah. Well, that just that's that that's confirmed everything for me because you know lifelong Liverpool supporter Connor Cody, they're going to roll over. They're going to roll over once again. He's the captain. He'll tell his teammates, give Liverpool the win. But you know, if Southampton do a job, I don't think it'll really matter. But um, yeah, uh, Wolves and Southampton, uh, average clubs, aren't they? Like the manager, but um, yeah, nothing you're exciting meant, for me. You're My meant to be supporting. Done, the, so. You're meant to be supporting these teams, Jim. Well, I mean, you know, at least they play in gold, and I like gold. Uh, wolves, I, I like, I like the colour gold. Uh, it reminds me of uh, a gold medal that we don't like to talk about. But, <laughs> we um... don't, do we? We don't like to talk about that. So, okay, all right, that's good. Henry, who are you supporting this weekend as your second team? Who have Burnley got? So it's another quite interesting one because Newcastle oh. are the team that 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 will be playing Burnley. But what I love about this in particular is that the flip side of that is the fact that, of course, as a Chelsea fan, I'm very keen to see Lampard succeed however he goes. And so by beating Burnley there, it will take all of the pressure off of them um, against Arsenal. So it could double up as an Everton win against Arsenal and a Newcastle win against Burnley, at which point I'm having a great time. Don't need to worry or talk about Burnley for a year, at least. Um, and um, without having any sort of significant impact on Chelsea or, or, or leading to any frustrations there. So, yeah, I will be putting my, my heart into into the tune this week. Fantastic. And so that's interesting that you are also getting behind Everton because we cannot stand them. <laughs> yeah, I, I think, you know what, it's, it's funny because... So many people I've spoken to have said, oh, it would be great to see them go down because clubs sometimes think they're too big and get complacent and it's good to see one really suffering. And I'm I'm kind of there with that. Um, I, and I would fall on that sword as well if it wasn't for the manager who I, I, I can't, you know, there's too much debate around Gerrard versus Lampard as a player. And although it's not shown up this way so far, I'd love to see Lampard at least take the managerial credentials. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, you gave him a win, didn't you? At Goodison Park. We did. So. We, we, we try our best. That wasn't <laughs> charity. That was a gift. That was, that was yeah. Tax free gift. That was. It's our Henry because, you know what? But so did yeah. United, didn't you? So did we. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's all adding up, isn't it? You know, there's only so much evidence we can gather. And, you know, I think it's all being confirmed right now. So, yeah. Oh dear, oh dear. Did you see um, Sevilla mocked Lampard, the Lampardian thing that he does? Did yes. you see that? Yes. I did, the, the tweet. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, yeah his, his, his little mannerism. Yeah. Yeah, his little his little laughing and then being serious. His little emotion change. Yeah. Yeah. Switch up. That was incredible. So anyway, um, I think I've already talked about my second team, Norwich. So I'll be a canary. Uh, so that's that's good. I'd just like to uh, update us <laughs> and all the listeners. Go on. What's happened? Uh, you know, our worst nightmare has happened. And Ralph and his boys have conceded a goal. It's now 2-1 to Liverpool. Um, I, feel, I feel physically sick, to be honest. Uh, and I'm, I'm starting to fall out of love with football as well. Um, I've just literally heard it on my my um, thingy on the back in the background on my TV. So I must be about 45 seconds behind. Joel Matip, no less. Oh. That's, that's ironic. <laughs> Amazing. You know, they're playing their second team and this is happening. You know, I've never rated Ralph Alzenhutl. He's a manager <laughs> that, you know, he's a manager that doesn't deserve to be in the Premier League for a start. Uh, I mean, you know, back to back nine nils across two separate seasons. You, it, yeah. it doesn't surprise me if he gets a bit of managerial stress with those sort of performances. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, some people are calling him the Austrian Klopp, and as much as I dislike <laughs> Klopp, you know. He's done a great job. He's a great manager. Yeah, give him a bit of credit. Yeah. I don't know. It's just uh, Rolf Harsen, who shouldn't be even anywhere near Jurgen Klopp. So, just idiots, honestly. People could call him like idiots. <laughs> right. We need to finish up. And I think one of the things we haven't covered is your most frustrating person of the week or team of the week, Jem. Henry, I don't know if you've got anything up your sleeve for this, but feel free to um, also jump in with anything that you have that's really frustrated you, or we call it frustrated, or sometimes we call it annoitonioed you. Um, nice. Another, another well, I, I would say that um, if I had to come up with something on the spot, something that's been playing on my mind for for obviously a few days now is the Erling Haaland transfer. Um, I it's not necessarily something he's done. It's the symbolism behind it. Um, another classic ca- uh, case of, of of Guardiola, and I think it's also a quite interesting conversation is whether he'll succeed or not because inevitably he, he probably will. I think there's a lot to say that then that it might not be the the transfer that everyone's expecting. Yep. Um, so so if I had to turn around and and say the one frustration I've had this week, it's it's seeing that deal done, um, and 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 the concern that that's going to have for not just next season but the next realistically 15 years. <laughs> <laughs> and talking of transfers, did I see something about Paul Pogba going to? City, maybe? Did I, see uh, I think that's been ruled out now. He's speaking right. to Juventus. Right. Uh, but there was a point where City were going to approach um, and see if he, he wanted to, to swap on a free transfer over there. I don't, okay. I don't recognise him from that name, Dave. Henry, have you, have you, yeah. you got another name for that guy that Dave yeah. has mentioned? Yeah, Bull, Bull Hogba. Uh, Bull Hogba. I think <laughs> is, is, is one that we should stick with for the future. Bull. Hogba, write that down. Bull Hogba, that's great. Okay, so, Jem, you're most frustrating person. Well, I mean, mine mine is just, you, you know me, I, I get frustrated with quite a lot of things, but, um, <laughs> Hadn't you know, if I could pick another one right now, if I could change my mind, I'd pick Ralph Hasenhutl for sure. <laughs> However, I'm going to go to the, my original uh, most mm. frustrating people, and that was on my way down to meet you, Dave, at the train station. 
got on the train, had a nice, you know, a nice seat uh, until I think so, I got to about Kettering. I think I got to Kettering and it was uh, it was all peaceful. And then and then that's when everything changed. Um, the the train flooded with West Ham fans, Dave. Uh, Good people. Yeah, yeah, yep. Um, and they were loud. They were drinking, and you know I don't mind that. You know, having a bit of a laugh on the way down to football. Yeah, come on, we're going to win today. We're going to beat City and all this. We're going to catch United. I heard that a couple of times. I was thinking, it's not hard, is it, mate? But um, I'll tell you what they were doing, Dave. It's it's the it's the way they turned up in their flat caps, thinking that they're part of the Peaky Blinders and. Giving it the big end, you know. I know the Peaky Blinders are northern, but you know, let's just go with it. Uh, but them flat caps, Dave. I, I can't, I can't, I just can't see it. And I know, I know you as a West Ham fan, you you wouldn't be involved in that sort of thing. I know you. You're not, you're not like that. And it's just the way they try and give it the big one, you know. Oh, look at us. We're the, we're the boys. We're West Ham. Danny Dyer, mate, and all this. So. um they're actually Australian now. I was say, what accent was that? <laughs> I'm going to say flat caps, Dave. Flat caps. My most red straight. Yeah. I, I understand. I understand it, Jim. But just, just to let you know, just to, you know, round that bit off, um, my daughter, Josie, got me a, a, a present this Christmas, actually. Oh, nice. On. Yeah, a, a really nice present. A grey flat cap, <laughs> which I cherish. You know what, Dave? Yeah. You've gone down in my estimation. <laughs> um, I was hoping you were going to say flat caps would come up in your estimation, but uh, that's not happened. I was going to say his frustration has gone from flat caps specifically to Dave and his flat cap. Yeah, exactly. exactly. You know what? I'm not going to judge you, Dave. Um, maybe I stereotyped the, the, the flat cap. <laughs> yeah, because I'm not a West Ham fan in the flat cap, am I? So that's all okay. <laughs> Right. Okay. I don't know what you've got against flat caps, Jim, but if that's fair enough, if that's your if that's your most frustrating thing, if that's if that is the most frustrating thing that you've had to put up with this week, you've not had a bad week, have you? Let's face it. Yes. Well, Man United didn't play, so that's that's why you've not had a bad week. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, however, I did see uh, one of our favourite refs, Michael Oliver, in a Newcastle pub last night before the game, drinking a pint. I think that says it all about the referees for me. I found out today, interesting fact, there is not a single Premier League referee that's originated from London in the uh, in the yeah in the league. Wow. They're all from around Manchester, Liverpool, and the closest to London is I think Bristol and then Leicester. So oh, wow. I found that to be quite quite interesting, and you know, take of that what you will. Yep. Northern Northern bias. There we go. Absolutely. <laughs> Right. Have we got anything else? Anyone Anyone got anything they would like to add? Any other comments? Any other thoughts before we end? Not me. I am all no, done. Nothing for me. Okay, good. Well, thank you very much, Henry. Thanks for coming on as a Chelsea fan to review the FA Cup final and share your wisdom and knowledge with us. That's been fantastic to have you on. And uh, if we do this again next season, which I think we probably will, um, it would be great to have you on again, Henry. If you'd, I'd if love you'd... to. If you'd like to come on. That'd be great. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me. Okay, no worries. Uh, Jem, thank you. Thank you for all your contributions. And um, that's it from us for this week. We'll be back uh, after game week 38 to review that. So it's good night from me. Goodbye. Cheers. Bye. <laughs>